Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We can be in the tent of meeting together to hear the speaking of the Lord. And I really pray and hope and believe the Lord will speak to us this weekend a matter that is very, very much on his heart. And I am very thankful to be here with the saints of God in the tent of meeting to enjoy the Lord speaking together. Um, In 1994, uh, Brother Witness Lee released a series of messages uh, which are in this book, The Practical Points Concerning Blending. That's the title of of the book and that conference, The Practical Points Concerning Blending. And... In that book, uh, he, he said this, I'll read a little bit to you right from the beginning. At the present time, there are more than 1,600 local churches established by the Lord in all six major con- continents. Now, today, there are many more than 1,600. I receive letters from abroad quite often telling me the situation in different places around the globe. As I look at the whole situation of the recovery, seemingly it is quite encouraging. And it is quite encouraging. Brother Mark can probably say more than I can about the encouraging situation today on the earth. This is 25 years ago that our brother spoke these words. Apparently the churches are going on well and are flourishing, increasing and growing. Here in South Africa, right? Increasing, flourishing, and growing. Amen. Amen. But the more I know this, and the more I feel encouraged, the deeper I am burdened. It seems that the Lord within me is saying, Is this all that I want? Do you believe that my body can be built up in the common situation that is among us today? Is the present situation satisfactory for me to go on? This is the Lord speaking to our brother, and his reply was, I feel deeply that it is not. Then he says, uh, in, in 1980, I began to see the truth of God's economy. To open up the entire Bible from the first page to the last as needed, But what is the central matter in the whole Bible? This central matter is the economy of God. The economy of God is for the body of Christ. After seeing this, I checked with myself, where is the body of Christ? You have opened the Bible book by book to the saints, and there are more than 1,600 local churches raised up on the earth. But where is the body? You have the churches, but where can you see the body? Because of this, I became burdened. I said, Lord, I must confess to you and admit that although I saw the body of Christ and I preached and taught the body of Christ for years... Even I myself am not very much in that the reality of the body of Christ. I was confessing my dullness and shortcomings to the Lord concerning this matter. Thus, the present burden has come to me. You should not spend, or should, you should not pay so much attention to the spreading of the recovery, to the increase of the churches and to the good meetings of the church. I think, that, I think we'd be very surprised by that utterance. You should not pay so much attention to the spreading, to the increase, and to the good meetings. You must realize that there is a great, great lack, a shortage, that is the reality of the body of Christ. And then just one short other little quote. He continues on page 17 of this book, Where is the body of Christ today? Within and among the many local churches, where is the reality of the body of Christ? According to my observation, we cannot see the reality of the body of Christ anywhere today. 
So that was 1994. The Lord's recovery was flourishing. The churches are spreading. It's a positive situation. But even then, I appreciate our brother's heart, our brother's sensitivity, his consciousness. Lord, outwardly, it looks marvelous. And I just look at this room and I say, outwardly, it looks marvelous. But then the Lord is still saying, is this all I want? A a multi, uh, multi-racial room full of believers in Christ gathering together to hear the Lord's word. Is this all I want? And then our brother was, I feel deeply it is not. So that was 25 years ago. And we have advanced. Again, I feel like Brother Mark can do a better job than me to convince you of the fact that the Lord's recovery has definitely advanced and gone on since 1994. In South Africa, can we say that, that the Lord's recovery has gone on? Without a doubt. All over the earth, the Lord's recovery has gone on. And yet, the Lord was asking our brother, and our brother was asking, where is the reality of the body of Christ? In another part, he says, we have the terminology, we have the truth, we have the doctrine of the body of Christ, but who is living in the reality of that truth, the reality of the body of Christ? So this weekend, our burden is to unveil, to present this deep need, this deep burden and desire on the Lord's heart to have the reality of the body of Christ. We are for sure, dear saints, together in this room, an expression of the body of Christ, but are we individually and corporately living in the reality of the body of Christ? That is the burden of this conference. Another word I'd just like to say or mention is, You know, we have this term, the seven feasts, seven major conferences that we have in the Lord's recovery every year. And I would say that the the seven feasts are the Lord's speaking to his recovery concerning our actual condition, situation, and need. So the Lord is the Lord of the body. The Lord is the Lord of all the churches on the earth. He knows better than any brother, any person, what is our real situation. Not just the outward appearance, but the inward reality in all the churches and all the brothers and sisters. So when the messages from the seven feasts come forth, they are absolutely the Lord speaking to his recovery concerning our condition and our need and what is on the Lord's heart. So this was spoken 25 years ago. We have advanced. We have made progress. But how much progress and advance have we made in this particular matter, the reality of the body of Christ? So again, this weekend, we would like, we pray that we would see something of this incredible vision and start to or continue to progress and advance in this most intrinsic and necessary matter. Amen. Amen. So then, before we get to the outline, and I will be limiting myself as much as I can to leave some time for some sharing and overflow, and this meeting ends at 10. So please pray for me and yourselves. There's a lot to cover in this message. This is a foundational message. Um, The Thanksgiving conference just last year, 2018, which was the sixth of the seven feasts last year, the Thanksgiving conference was on the reality of the body of Christ. And we haven't yet, haven't yet in South Africa got into that morning revival, but that, that series of messages 
was released. And then the brothers who fellowship together, who are bearing the burden of the ministry in the Lord's recovery, fellowshiped with some other brothers and asked what should be the theme or the direction of the first feast of 2019. That is the International Chinese Speaking Conference, which was held just a few weeks ago in California. The brothers asked, what should we, what is the direction? What is the burden? And the brothers' feeling is, we need to stay on this burden, on this direction of the reality of the body of Christ. So we have these messages. We could read the title at least together, the general subject. In the reality of the body of Christ. Amen. Okay, and I will kind of unpack that title in, in a few more minutes' time. Before I do that, I would just like to share a, a few points. And the first is the need for vision. Ephesians uh, chapter 1 and verse 17, it says that they, um, are the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ would give to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the eyes of our hearts having been enlightened. So a vision is an extraordinary scene. It is a heavenly scene from God. This weekend, the Lord does not want us to know about the reality of the body of Christ. The Lord needs us to see the vision of the body of Christ. If we see it as a vision, it will, it will revolutionize our Christian life. It will govern us. It will restrict us. It will give us the boldness to go on. Even if outwardly things are not that positive, not that going, there is a controlling vision. There's a governing vision. There's something within you, and you, you, you just you cannot deny what you saw. So this weekend we should pray, Lord, grant me a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I may see this burden, and that then by seeing we can enter in. If you don't see it, you can't enter in. Right? If you don't see it, you miss it. So on our way here on the road, we, we saw the, the turnoff just a little bit late. Anyway, it was okay. It was taken care of in a very, very good way. But if you don't see it, you can't take it. You have to see it and then you have to enter in to the turnoff that gets you to Midrand. If it's the Midrand school, I'm not sure the, the title of this school. Anyway, we did get here. But if we didn't see the turnoff, we could be still in our car enjoying wonderful fellowship together, going on, but we missed the turn. We're still going on. We're still moving. Hallelujah. We're moving. Amen. We're moving. But you've missed the direction. Right? You need direction. So there's one, there's a side of moving, activity, doing all kinds of things, but you also need the right direction. And the right direction is the building up of the body of Christ. The local churches are not... An end in themselves. Uh, the local churches are a procedure to guide us into the reality of the body of Christ. Every, I believe most people in this room, but maybe not all, are in, quote, quote, the local church, a local church, the church in Cape Town, the church in Johannesburg the church in Durban. We're in the, in, in the church, but we have to realize that being in the church is not our final destination. Our final destination is 
the reality of the body of Christ. And when we enter into the reality, and that reality is built up to a sufficient degree according to the Lord's measurement and estimation, that built-up body will be the prepared bride. That built-up body will be the producing of the one new man. That reality will also be the reality of the kingdom of God on the earth. And the Lord will come back. That is what will bring the Lord back. The reality of the body of Christ constituted, wrought into our being. We see the vision and we are entering into that reality and becoming that reality. And we'll see the significance and what the implications of that in this message and the subsequent messages. This is what is on the Lord's heart. Where is my body in reality? Where is my body in reality? We all know the doctrine. We all know the truth. He is the head. We are the body. But... Consider your own body, my head, right now, is controlling this hand. My head decided what tie I would wear to the meeting this morning. The, you know, the various functions um, of the body are controlled by the head. But then I would just ask us, we are all, we are all members of the body. How connected are we to the head? How obedient are we to the head? How conscious are we of the head in our daily life? As we drive on the motorways and freeways and roads of southern Africa, are we conscious of the Lord? Uh, Are we one with the Lord in our driving? I'm using me as the failed example of this. How do we drive? Do we drive like a godman? Or do we drive like demons? In our married life, in our married life, and the husband is the type of Christ loving his wife, how one are we in our shepherding and care of one another in our married life? You know, there's so many things we can get into in a little while. Just again, how are we living? Are we living by ourselves? Are we living by morality and ethics? Or are we living by Christ? The best husband that there ever is or will be is Christ. The most submissive person that ever walked this earth is Christ. The strictest person that ever walked this earth, the strictest person with himself, was the Lord Jesus Christ. And the most merciful person was the Lord Jesus Christ. The most loving person. So we need not only a consciousness of this person, we need to become this person by being organically and vitally connected to Him moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day. This is a little, little picture of the reality of the body. God, the Lord Jesus, wants to bring us into that reality. So this weekend, we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation to see the vision of the body of Christ so that we can enter into the body of Christ then I would say we desperately need to pray. We really need to pray. We need to pray personally. We need to pray corporately and ask the Lord on our behalf and in the principle of the body, on behalf of one another, Lord, bring us, bring us all. Don't pray, Lord, bring me. Well, we should pray, Lord, bring me. But as you say, Lord, bring me, Also, Lord, bring my wife, bring my children, 
Bring my, my fellow brothers and sisters. Bring the elders, the responsible brothers in my church into this reality. Lord, don't let us go. Lord, you spoke this to your recovery 25 years ago. Only you know how far we have advanced. But Lord, we haven't arrived yet. But we desperately need to arrive. And you desperately want us to arrive. You know, I look around the world situation and I'm just, sometimes I'm just, it just can't be. People cannot be living like this. People cannot be talking like this. People cannot be, you know, conducting themselves like animals on this earth. Lord, it's terrible. Lord, will you not come back? Whole governments living or practicing unrighteousness. Governments, major organizations at every level of society, darkness, unrighteousness, sin everywhere. And we may pray and hope and ask, Lord, would you not come back and just take care of the situation? And the Lord, I believe, does want to come back and take care of the situation, but he is not coming back to fix planet Earth. He's coming back for his bride. That's what will bring him back. The built-up body of Christ as the prepared bride, is the single matter that will bring our beloved bridegroom back to this earth. And then when he comes, he will take care of everything. Hallelujah. Including the climate and all these other things that we read about in the world. The sin, the unrighteousness, all of that will be taken care of. But he's not coming back to fix things. He's coming back for his prepared bride and his built-up body. So we need to pray desperately, Lord, intensify your organic salvation in me and in all the dear saints that I am related to and all the dear saints on the earth. Intensify your work. Lord, don't let us go. Don't let us win. Don't let us have our way. Bring us into this reality. Okay, then my last word, and then we'll get to the outline, is the word principle. Principle, because the title mentions this word, principle. Um, and at the back of your uh, conference booklet, conference set of sheets, the, I think the second to last page is a page that says... Uh, something, I'm trying to read it upside down, which I, I actually wrote it, but anyway, 20 Principles of the Body. So the, the title of our conference, this conference, following on the conference in Thanksgiving on the reality of the body of Christ, this is a development of this, a continuation of this burden, living in the reality of the body of Christ by keeping the principles of the body. What is a principle? Um, and actually my prep sheet, I'm just going to reach it because I filed it away, but it's what I need, I hope. Um, what is a principle? We can say a principle is a God-ordained law. A God-ordained law that governs, uh, governs spiritual matters. Um, so, in this conference, we are living in the reality of the body by keeping the principles of the body. But if we don't know what the principles are, how can we... Keep the principles. So we wanted, actually, I found what exactly what I'm looking for. Principles. Okay, I'll, you can take this down as a definition. I think it's helpful. As the principles of the body are spiritual laws ordained by God that govern our inner being. Okay, so that's our working definition for this weekend. A principle is a spiritual law ordained by God 
that governs our inner being. It is not ethical rules that govern our behavior. Do you see the difference? It's not ethics and morality that governs our outward behavior. It is a fundamental and comprehensive law ordained by God that governs our inward being. So our behavior outwardly is an issue of an inward reality. Is that, that is very different from, oh, I've come into the local church in my city. I notice that many of the brothers wear a white shirt and tie. I've never worn a white shirt and tie, but the good brothers, so-called, apparently wear white shirts and ties and sit on the front row. Well, that then, what you're doing, I'm just using that as an example. I'm just using that as an example. It's an example. Don't get distracted. But my point is, you come in, you look at what other people are doing, and then that's, you do the same thing. Because in this church, that's what they do. In the last church, they did something else. They all wore Hawaiian shirts in the last church. And now you've moved churches, so you're getting rid of your Hawaiian shirt collection. And you're going to Woolworths to buy white shirts. I'm, I'm making a little humorous joke, but the point is, you change outwardly. You are conformed outwardly to some kind of standard. That is not, that's ethics, that's behavior, that's not something intrinsic. The Lord wants to work something into everyone in this room, and then we live out of that. That's our source. That's our compass. So then, inwardly, Lord, if you're wearing a white shirt, I'm wearing a white shirt. If you're not wearing a white shirt, I'm not wearing a white shirt. Or whatever it is, that's just very superficial. Whatever it is, the source is inward, it's intrinsic. There is a principle governing you. A principle is governing you. So then it becomes the point where it's automatic and spontaneous. So one of the principles we'll hear this weekend is fellowship is a principle in the body of Christ. Fellowship is actually the circulation in the body of Christ. We'll get to this in message three. So do you fellowship because that's what a good brother or a good sister does? And you fellowship when you think about fellowshipping? Or is there something wrought into you as a principle, as a governing law internally, that when you consider something, when you go to decide something, you fellowship because that's... It's intrinsic. You have to. You can't actually do something without fellowshipping. And it's not because, brother, don't you know, you should fellowship? It's not like that. It's, I'm, I'm in the body. I'm attached to the head. The head always fellowshiped with the Father. When, he was, when the Lord was on the earth, he was in constant fellowship with the Father. There wasn't one moment of his day, one second of his day, that he was disconnected from the Father. There was not a moment that he was acting independently of the Father. Philip, don't you know? Don't you realize I and the Father are one? The words I speak, they're not my words. They're the Father's words. I am speaking to you as the Father is speaking through me. The works that I do, they're not my works. They're the works of the Father. They're the works He's given me to do. The Son is our model. The Son is our pattern. What? 24-7-365, constant connection and fellowship with the Father. Well, the Lord, believe it or not, would like to bring us into that reality. You wake up, 
And the first thing out of your mouth is, Lord Jesus, I love you. Good morning, Lord Jesus. I'm awake now. Can we begin our fellowship? Can we continue our fellowship? You're the first thing. You're my first love. You're my best love. You're connected. Okay, so principles. So we have the need for vision, the desperate need to pray. We, please, may we not leave this conference knowing about the reality of the body. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I know that. I read about it. I was at a conference on the reality of the body. But we haven't prayed ourselves into this reality. And this should affect the way we pray in the coming, not just day or two in the conference, but for days and weeks and months and years. This should be a major item on our prayer radar, individually and corporately. Sisters, if you're wondering, you're going to ask the brothers, brothers, what should we pray for? Sisters, in the sisters' prayer time, pray for the reality of the body of Christ to be produced in your local church, in the churches in your country, the churches on the earth, the whole universe, actually, the reality of the body of Christ. Okay, so with that as our base, let's go to the outline. We will have to go through quite quickly. (coughs) Not good. (coughs) The first outline... is entitled, The Reality of the Body of Christ. This outline is a summary of the Thanksgiving conference. That was six messages, wonderful truths. But this um, outline is a a one-outline summary. It doesn't replace those messages, but at least it gives us a good handle on what was covered, and it will usher us into the remaining messages. The, the central three messages will be on the principles, some of the principles. You have 20. I think we cover seven in this conference. But we really should, actually, we could take that outline on the principles and pray over these principles. We should at least read them and, and measure ourselves. Don't measure anybody else, okay? Do not measure. Oh, yeah, that brother, he does not keep principle number eight. Shame. Shame. How about you? Do you keep principle number eight? How about one through seven? How are you doing on those ones? So, again, and again, please, just don't read them. Yep, check, check, check. Yeah, there's number four, check. Lord. How much am I in the reality of these governing principles, these God-ordained laws? The more we enter into these principles, dear saints, the more we will be brought into the reality of the body of Christ. And so even the title, living, living, it does not say the reality of the body of Christ and its 20 principles. It says, living in the reality of the body of Christ by keeping. So how do I live? It's, it's, a, it's a good question. Brother, you're talking a lot about the reality, but how do I actually live this? Practically, how do I live in the reality of the body of Christ? And a response, it's not an all-inclusive answer. Well, a very good place to begin is by keeping the principles of the body. Living in the reality of the body. And then I'll just say one more point on this. I was considering, okay, again, living in the reality of the body of Christ. And maybe an illustration I might use is this. Maybe you have dreamed your whole life of being a millionaire. You would, you, oh, I would, oh, if I was a millionaire, the things that I would do if I was a millionaire. And then let's just imagine that some distant relative that you've never heard of decides to give you 
their fortune. And overnight, you become a millionaire. You had this vision, you had this desire, you had this hope of being a millionaire, but you're not a millionaire, and you'd love to be a millionaire, but you're not. And then overnight, there's 20 million rand in your bank account. So you can be a British millionaire with, you know, a million sterling, not a million rand. So 20 million rand, we'll go with that. I think no one will disagree or have a problem with that. Now you have 20 million rand in your bank account. You can use that money. You can do things. You can go places. You may say this, you're now living the dream. You had the dream, but no way to enter in. Now you've been granted 20 million rands so that you can live the dream, spend the money, do things with the money. You're a millionaire now. Live it up. Live the dream. So I hope that's... Okay, so the reality of the body of Christ is something worth many, many times more than 20 million rand. But we have to see that reality and then enter in and live the dream. Live the vision. Wow! I'm in the reality of the body of Christ. I'm going to live in this reality. It is incredible. I'm a spiritual billionaire. Because I've been handed... Million dollar outlines, I've prayed and the Lord is bringing me in. Now I don't, I'm not going to live my life of poverty that I used to live. I am going to live the dream. So this should be not a great illustration, but entering into a new reality and living your life in a completely different way to your former manner of life because you have become a member of the body of Christ in reality. Okay, so let's read uh, Roman 1 together. If it's the highest peak, let's go for it. Let us not settle for anything short of the highest peak. You have come, you have paid a price. You have already paid a price to come this way. Don't stop short. We've got to go all the way. It's not enough to simply be in, quote, quote, a local church. That's the frame. That's the place, the procedure that will bring you to your goal. So live in the church life for the reality of the body of Christ. Don't settle for anything less than this. Roman 2, together. The reality of the body of Christ is the the spirit of reality wrought into us and constituted into us. So I would say you could pray over any one of these points. Even if you don't understand what the point actually means, believe me, the Lord Jesus understands. And what he wants is you to pray, Lord constitute me with the reality of the body of Christ. Work this reality into my being. I am not here to be a good Christian, a moral Christian, an ethical Christian. I am here to be a member of your body, joined to my great ascended head and joined intrinsically in my spirit, in my heart, with all the other brothers and sisters. And together, we just want to be so in love with you, so responsive to you, so submissive to you. You give a command and we respond. We go forward. We immediately respond to whatever is on your heart. We love you and we are one with you. Okay, let's read three. The reality... It's recorded in the four Gospels, duplicated in as many members. Okay. I am just astounded that there is in the Bible a phrase that says, the reality in Jesus. 
I'm so thankful. I, I couldn't believe there's such a word, the reality in Jesus. What does that mean, the reality in Jesus? It means that the Lord lived on this earth a life that was in absolute oneness, union, harmony with the Father. We've already shared a little bit of that. In John 6, 57, he says, As the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father. The Father was the factor of his living. The fulfillment or the unveiling of that point, as the living Father has sent me and I live because of the Father, in John 6, 57, we get a window into that in Mark 1, 35, which says, Early in the morning, while it was still night, Jesus went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. This man... This God-man, as a man in the flesh, needed to feed on the Father, needed to commune with the Father, needed to to have his inward parts, one with the Father's inward parts. So as a man, early in the morning, a deserted and quiet place, he went and he just opened his inward parts. Father, here I am. Live in me today. Live through me today. Speak in me today. Work in me today. Father, I am on the earth for your will. I have come to do your will. Lord, I set aside my natural life, even his perfect humanity. I set it aside to take your life as my life. As the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father. So then there's another half to John 6, 57. So he who eats me, he also shall live because of me. The pattern, the reality is in Jesus. Just look how he lived. That's the model. That's the pattern of a God-man living. That is the pattern and model of someone living, we may say, in the reality of the body of Christ. The Son was always connected to the Father. Now the Son wants to live in us and live out that life in us and through us. So we have to learn how to set aside our natural life, reject our natural life. Reject not just, we're all very good at rejecting our bad natural life, our temper, our anger, our lust, whatever it is. But how about our good natural life? You're a good person. You're a nice person. You're an educated person. You're a wealthy person. You're, you know, you're somebody that other people would like to be. Well, do you think that will satisfy God? Is that what he's looking for? Is he looking for everybody in the local churches to be PhDs and entrepreneurs and social benefact benefactors and start up educate you know education programs and hospitals and this and that he's not looking for that he's looking for persons individually and corporately that will live him out that will allow him to live through them all day speak through them all day smile through them all day say good morning how are you through them all day. Right? Again, we may have religious concepts. I have to say, praise the Lord to my workmates so they know I'm a Christian. How about just enjoying the Lord before you come to work, beholding Him, so that when you go into work, you're reflecting Him and you're just shining. And you say, not even brother, good morning, Bevan. How are you today? Good to see you. Good, brother. Oh, Sorry, drop. Yeah. So used to saying brother. But anyway, you're a God man. You're a God man. When you say good morning, people get God. When you nod at people and smile, they get God. Because that's who you are. That's what you are. 
That's what they get. They don't get ethics. They don't get morality. They don't get this and that. They get Jesus Christ. Okay. So the reality of the body is the reality in Jesus. I have here uh, the first God-man lived a crucified life all his life. From the manger to the cross. Don't think the Lord Jesus was crucified on the cross at the age of 33. He lived a crucified life his whole life. He was under the shadow, the dealing, the work of the cross his whole life. So that enabled him to set aside. He set aside his will, his mind, his feeling, and took the Father's will, mind, and feeling as his own. That's what we need to learn to do, to live a life conformed to the death of Christ. To set aside our natural life, good and bad, and live by another life. Okay, we'll quickly read the subpoints. Brothers A, sisters B, all on C. <clears throat> This is where the Lord, dear saints, don't think this is too high. Do not think, do not buy the lie. It's impossible. No, it is possible. The Lord would not present this to us if it were not possible. We will have many handles this weekend on how to live in this reality. Prayer is a very good starting place. Reading our Bible is a very good starting place. Read your Gospels from the perspective of, This is the reality in Jesus. He lived like this, not outwardly, but intrinsically. And I'd like to have that living reproduced in me. So praying, reading, pray reading our Bible will bring us to this reality governed by the controlling vision. What's it all for? It's not for me to be some super spiritual, look at me, I'm the reality of the body. Does anyone notice how I'm living Jesus right now? It's, it's not about that. It's for the reality of the body of Christ. And that's very, you could almost say very ordinary. The Lord Jesus was very ordinary. And yet when he opened his mouth, words of grace came from him. And and other men would say, never has a man spoken like this man. Well, may we also be, may he be reproduced in us. Uh, The next point, I think it's sisters. Living the divine life by denying our natural life according to the model. This model has been installed in us at our regeneration. So the more that we live the Lord, cling to the Lord, eat the Lord, actually eat the Lord in His Word, the more this living will be reproduced in us. Together on C... A living in the reality of the body of Christ is the same as the living of Jesus. It is Jesus living again in the members of his body. It is Jesus living again. Lord Jesus, today live in me. Don't pray, oh, what would Jesus do? That's outward. That's conforming yourself to some sort of outward pattern but no intrinsic inward change or reality. We want to start deep in our spirit, and then the living will be an issue of what is our inward being. Okay, read four together. The reality of the body of Christ is the union and mingling of God with man to live out a corporate God-man. The union and mingling. So we need to, Lord, mingle yourself more with me today. Lord, cause me to live one spirit with you today. The reality, okay, uh, the reality of the body of Christ is the living of a God-man life 
by a group of God-redeemed people together with the God-man Christ. So it is a corporate living, a room full of God-men living this out. But I just quickly mention no individual living, no corporate living. If we are not living this individually, how would it be possible to have it corporately? Okay, I I, I don't have time to develop, but understand, we have an individual responsibility to enter into this, understanding that the goal is a corporate living. It is not for you to be a single, on-your-own, super-overcomer. It is for you to be part of a glorious corporate whole that manifests God on the earth. Okay? Um, How about brothers one, sisters two, everybody on three? This universal man is God yet man, and man yet God. Okay, sisters? Amen. This kind of life issues in a universal man who is exactly the same as the Lord Jesus a man living a God-man life. That's, that is the direction the Lord wants to bring us individually and corporately. We live Christ by denying our natural man and living by His life. And the best way we'll get to this is to spend time with Him in His Word. It says in Philippians 3.10 to know Him, to know Him, to spend time with Him, to know Him, and the power of His resurrection, being conformed, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death. I would say all of us are challenged by being conformed to His death. Who wants to die? But that's the, that's the entrance into this reality. Well, the secret is, to know Him. Spend time with Him. Let Him infuse you with resurrection power that will enable you, this is something of a kind of a paradox, you need resurrection power to die. But it's really true. You need, I need resurrection power to deal with my old man, to put it to death, to conform it to the mold of Christ's death. The secret is, Spend time to know Him and the power of His resurrection. Okay, be together. The reality of the body of Christ is a living by the God-men who are united, joined, and constituted together with God by the mingling of humanity with divinity and divinity with humanity. Continue with C. The reality of the body of Christ is the corporate living by the perfected God-men So, I, again, I really feel this is a very helpful point. A kind of, is there some way I can measure my, the degree of my reality? And I would just say, if your living is an expression of the divine attributes through your human virtues, and you go, well, what does that mean? Well, look at the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a man who expressed the divine attributes in his human virtues. And I'll read you just a few descriptions of his God-man living. And you can write these down if you want. There's seven. Extraordinary love. Boundless forbearance. Boundless forbearance. So this little section is taken from this book, The Glorious Vision and the Way of the Cross. This is a description of Christ's God-man living. Extraordinary love. Boundless forbearance. Brother Lee says, 
To forbear is to forgive. Is to forgive. And he said, it's actually, it's possible to love your enemies, but not forgive them. So you can, quote, quote, love this sister that has deeply wounded you, but you can't forgive her. You love her. Amen. Sister, I love you in the Lord. I love you. I love you. But in your heart of hearts, you can't forgive. Yet, the God-man, after three and a half years of his ministry, being reviled, being misunderstood, being persecuted, and then ultimately being um, crucified, his final prayer was what? Father, forgive them. Forgive this race. They don't know what they're doing. Here is an example of someone with boundless forbearance. After all that persecution, misunderstanding, his final prayer as he's being crucified is, forgive them. So you may not be able to forgive, but this life in you that's spreading in your whole being has boundless forgiveness, a boundless forbearance. Quickly, unparalleled faithfulness. Absolute humility, utmost purity, supreme holiness and righteousness, brightness, which is light, and uprightness. If you want to get them again, you can see me after the meeting. They're also in this book. Okay? I have to go on. There, uh, and I think what we'll do is we'll read the Roman, major Roman numeral and the major subpoints for the remainder of the outline, and then we'll stop. Okay, and we'll just leave the minor, not minor, but the sub-subpoints to your prayerful revision, okay, because of time. Okay, the reality of the body of Christ is a corporate living of the conformity to the death of Christ. And look at the reference, the first reference, Philippians 3.10, to know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. This is the way to be conformed to Christ's death. Amen. Together on A. The life of Christ pursuing God-man is a life of pursuing to die with Christ through the experiences of the cross. Lord, I've written in my margin, Lord, grant me the experiences I need to be produced as a God-man, as an overcomer, and as someone in the reality of the body of Christ. Experiences of the cross. I don't know that we, we can just pray for these experiences. And I would just quickly add, this will come out later, the cross operates in the realm of the body. Many, many, many times you are praying, Lord, may I experience the cross. And you have a religious concept of what you think the cross should be. It should be some sort of dealing in my life. Some sort of dealing. Well, the cross may be the person that you live with. The cross may be that brother or that sister in the church life. And you don't realize that is the cross for you. You just see the sister. You just see the problem but you don't see the Lord behind that. None of us in this room should be a cross to someone else. Never, ever, ever, ever be a cross to another believer. But sorry, just because of who we are and you know our differences in the way we grow up and who we are, many times we can be the cross to another person, but we need to um, receive the Lord's dealing. I'm not saying everything that happens in relation to the saints is the cross, but just to see that is a possibility when you pray for the cross and then some person comes that forces you to have unparalleled, uh, what is it, uh, extraordinary love, boundless forbearance, right? Isn't there always someone in the church that needs boundless forbearance? Well, this is the Lord making us him him. In life and nature, but not the Godhead. Okay, B. It is by the power of Christ's resurrection that we are conformed to the death of Christ. There it is. The power of Christ's resurrection. C. The reality of the body of Christ is a living of being conformed to the death of Christ through the cross. It's a living. 
day by day, hour by hour, a living of being conformed to the death of Christ. It's a living of being conformed to Christ. Lord, please drive my car. Lord, I'm going shopping. Will you please do the shopping? I'll buy what you want me to buy. If there's something you don't want me to buy, I won't buy it. That's practical. Lord wants to bring us to that extent. Lord, I I shop for what I need, not what I want. I shop for what is good for me, for you, and the building up of the body, not just satisfying my soul life. Learning to live conformed to the death of Christ. Okay, D. We should be those who live a crucified life by taking Christ's death as the mold of our life. It is only by this kind of corporate living that we can have the reality of the body of Christ. So it is a costly way. It is a narrow and constricted way that leads to life. But we can choose. Lord, I choose this way. Lord, grant me the experiences I need to be brought into this reality. Together on six, to be in the reality of the body of Christ is to live in the mingled spirit. And I would just say the more we learn to exercise our spirit, the more all of this reality is applied to our being. Every time that you choose to exercise your spirit, you choose your spirit All of this reality is being dispensed into your being. The more you exercise, the more you will die. The more the Lord will resurrect you, the more you will shine, the more you will be in the reality of the body of Christ. And this won't be just for you. This will be for the benefit and blessing of all the ones around you. This is Jesus living again through you to minister him to the people around you. Okay, A. God's unique purpose is to mingle himself. And we become his expression. Okay, B together. The focus of God's economy is the mingled spirit, the divine spirit mingled with the human spirit. Amen. So the mingled spirit, especially in Romans chapter 8, which will be fellowshipped in, I believe, the next message, or one of the messages, Romans, that's actually message 5, Romans chapter 8, the mingled spirit, the focus, uh, actually, it's the focus, Romans 8 is the focus of the entire Bible and the center of the universe. That's a quote from the ministry. Romans chapter 8 the focus of the entire Bible and the center of the universe. The spirit with our spirit in Romans chapter 8 is the focus of the entire Bible and the center of the universe. The spirit with our spirit. God's spirit, the Lord Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Jesus Christ with our spirit will bring us into this reality. So every morning, spend some time to connect, to plug in to the spirit so that your spirit is a mingled spirit. And then we have to learn how to stay there and live here all day long. Okay, C. The mingled spirit is a spirit That is one spirit with God, and that is the same as God in his life and nature, but not in his Godhead. And we could just, how about we stand up and read D together. We live in the reality of the body of Christ. By living according to the mingled spirit, by walking. I added a few others here. By sharing, by prophesying, by singing, by declaring, by praying, by praising in our mingled spirit. This mingles our spirit more. So this is the beginning of our conference. This is an overview of 
living in the reality of the body of Christ. This is our the highest peak of God's economy. This is God's goal. And this is what God wants us to take as our goal. This is a too short, imperfect message. I trust and pray all of us will review this outline prayerfully and just pray the points back to the Lord. Lord, you need this. You want this. Lord, I am nobody. I am nothing. But I give myself to you to live in this reality. Work this out in my experience and experience of all the saints around me. Okay, I'll stop and the brothers will give us some direction. Amen.